Welcome to The Institute, a podcast on the lives and work of fellows and friends of the Institute for the Arts and Humanities at the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. I'm Philip Hollingsworth, Coordinator for Faculty Programs. In this episode, Communication Specialist Melissa Clay speaks with Professor of Mathematics and new Director of the IEH's Chair's Leadership Program, Peter Muka. In their conversation, Professor Muka discusses the circumstances that led to his career as a mathematics scholar. So anyway, thank you again for coming, taking the time out. Yeah, thank you for having me. How's your summer going? What do you have planned for? I summer? am, uh, this summer is still me on the tail end of my leave year. Okay. So I am still, apart from occasional events like this, ramping up into next year or meeting with the new chairs in ramping up for next year, I am still doing my best to be sort of on research leave. I mean, so a lot is getting done hanging out with my students, mm-hmm. with my postdocs, but I'm doing my best to keep the blinders on and just focus on my research this summer. Right. Yeah. If you could talk first a little bit about why is it important for faculty to have these periods of time away from, from teaching? What does that do for mm-hmm. faculty in your own experience? Well, in my own experience, I think it it was as much time away from different administrative and leadership roles as time away from teaching Mm -hmm. um, because I had had a run for six, six and a half years, depending on how you count, of chairing one department, chairing another department, having a formal part-time role in the Office of the Vice Chancellor for Research, Um, having little surprises pop up, like the two months I had to step in as acting chair of the faculty, completely unplanned. And just being involved in more committees across campus than you can shake the proverbial stick at. Mm -hmm. And I I think in many ways, they actually had to force me to take the leave. It was was a big piece of me needed, didn't want to do it and had to be talked into it. And I had built up uh, through different mechanisms across campus, the ability to go for not just one semester but for a whole year to just spend the year focusing on my research program. But it's it's a, it just a, a phenomenal break in the rhythm. Um, lot, lots of times the academic calendar, I think, is critical to keeping structure, keeping a sense of uh, the calendar just moving forward and deadlines and things that need to get done. But it also, of course, gets in the way of real long-term thinking about what one is doing with their career. Right. And so having the year away to uh, detox a little from different administrative roles and, and different committee roles and just fully focus on my postdocs, my grad students, my undergrads, and what were we, my undergrad researchers, that is, and what were we collectively doing, I think was, I loved it. It was a great year. That's wonderful. I'm I'm glad to hear that. So tell me a little bit about how you were drawn to mathematics in the first place. Wow, that's a great question. I, I've honestly been really lucky in my career to, I think, get away with a sense of, hey, that looks like fun. Mm-hmm. I'll just do that next. Now, that said, the 
friends of mine who have known me since I was in elementary school all joke that probably in kindergarten they could have picked me as the most likely to be a math professor. <laughs> but I had a uh, journey through different fields in my university training. I was an engineer. I got a master's degree in physics. I sort of bounced around doing things that were all very mathematical and theoretical, but I didn't actually identify, I think, as a mathematician until graduate school when I went to an applied math program. And even that was uh, an interdisciplinary program between departments. So the very first time I joined a math department formally was as a postdoctoral instructor. And they had just kind of taken this circuitous route through Mm -hmm. engineering and physics to applied mathematics and then landing in math departments. That's awesome. And and so what was that like? What what do you think you brought to the table having this background in engineering and physics that others maybe hadn't had any experience with? I think the kind of applied mathematics I do is distinguished by the fact that it's highly interdisciplinary. So it's all very informed not only by that background I had in engineering and physics, but I think in a bigger sense – by a desire to use the tools of mathematics and statistics and computation in service of solving some other problem in another discipline. And so I've been just lucky to travel and have collaborators in uh, not just engineering and physics, but sociology and political science and epidemiology and infectious diseases and pharmacology. And and it's just a lot of fun Mm -hmm. to have skills and be able to team up with great people and try to use those tools to work on the kinds of problems that they have domain expertise and interest in. When I was looking at your your website, I saw that there was a lot of work around networks. Yes. And I wanted to know what was what has been the most fascinating use of networks that you've seen? That's a really difficult question to try to address because I think for me a lot of the excitement of working in networks is that it's a very general representation. A network is just any set of objects that you're interested in for whatever problem you're studying and the connections between those objects. And so I've, just in my own work, and I don't want to say that my own work is the most interesting work in networks because there's just a ton of fascinating things in networks that different people have done. We've used the tools of studying networks to study neuroscience problems, very natural kinds of problems that just come up are studying social networks because that's a very natural network that we're all very used to now thinking about our Facebook pages or our Twitter followers. And you can learn a lot of things about social systems by the way that people are interconnected, whether that's in the real world or that's in an online social network. And of course, those networks then influence the spread of ideas. It influences the spread of diseases. But to be able to then also go look at the way that neurons in the brain are connected or countries in the international system are connected to each other, and it's all built up on the same mathematical framework, is a lot of fun. 
Yeah, that is awesome. That's really, really cool. What is a book you read that changed your life? I am a total self-improvement geek. I'm, um, I, I love to, um, When when I was when I was in a phase where I wanted to get healthier, I was reading all sorts of books about different diets and different health regimens. Um, of course, in in a in a seven year run of um, since I started as a department chair through the different roles to now when I'm I'm going to take over as as director of the CLP, I've just read innumerable books about leadership and productivity, and I love them all. So <laughs> I, I don't know that I can pick just one. Um, I'm tempted. Okay, so I'm, I'm but I'm but I think that I'm not going to but if you want to leave this on to yeah to, to you can leave this comment on properly edited if you want. I'm honestly tempted to to, to say Rob Kramer's book on coaching was a was one of my favorite books that I read through this run of of leadership and productivity books because it still sticks with me years later as uh, he talks a lot about the importance of asking questions and as you can tell I can talk a lot so asking questions is is a good lesson for me to learn over and over and over again with i'm going to i'm going to go with one other one very briefly which is that i don't i don't know that it's i don't know that it's now i've forgotten the way you phrased the original question it was it's, uh what is a book you read that changed your life that changed my life so i don't know that it, i don't know that i can say that this changed my life but it at least changed my thinking about the university as and thinking about uh, about universities as a as these just amazing diverse places and um so it's when i was in graduate school i uh, one of my last years of graduate school i had the good fortune to be a uh, a graduate fellow of one of the residential colleges, and that basically just meant free food, Correct. which was the most <laughs> important thing to a graduate student. And it meant that you had to you for that free food, you had to occasionally go to a lunchtime seminar in the college that you were a fellow in. And one of the days that I went there, Robert Fagels was reading from his just published new translation of the Odyssey. And I was blown away. And it was this wonderful experience of sitting there on campus listening to this giant of the classics read from his new translation. So I immediately went and bought it and read it and and enjoyed it thoroughly. I don't think that it changed my life, but it changed – it sort of sparked – this different awareness and constant reminder as it sits on my shelf that universities are these incredibly amazing 
diverse places full of people who research just very far-ranging topics and that you can just always be surprised who you might run into and what they might work on. I was rereading The Odyssey when I met my now wife and she was an English literature major in college and I think got completely the wrong perspective on my <laughs> on, <laughs> on the level of literary reading that I do because it usually isn't that high. I mean, I, <laughs> but I wasn't going to tell you that Harry Potter was my favorite. Right. <laughs> so that's... Thank you, Peter. Thank you, Thank you so for much. having me. I really appreciate this. Check back at ih.unc.edu for the latest news on our fellows and upcoming events at Hyde Hall. You can find all our episodes of the podcast on our website, as well as iTunes, SoundCloud, and Stitcher. Please like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at IH underscore UNC.